remember we'll see a little bit more later as we have time. You can take your Bibles if you can do two things at once. You can take your Bibles and turn to 2 Chronicles 25. If you can't do two things at once, then please just listen for a moment. <laughs> Second Chronicles 25. I wish I could have brought my family with me. It's good to see you, Emma, and uh, some of the other guys, the Greenwalds here, Carl, I know, Carl Hadley. Uh, I apologize to some of you that I couldn't bring the kids along. Uh, my wife isn't feeling very well over the last two evenings, and so she had to stay put, and uh, the Millers are taking care of our kids for us today, and so we're thankful for that. Uh, but we just had uh, baby number five, and so we're just praising the Lord for new, uh, new little baby, Elijah, and um, things are going well. But we are excited about this summer. Uh, boy, it's coming fast, and uh, you're almost done with your school semester, and I am focused or should be more focused maybe, on uh, preparations for summer camp at Servant's Heart Camp. And uh, very excited. It's going to be another neat year, and the Lord has just been blessing in many ways. And I want to mention Servant's Heart Camp. You're already quite familiar with it because the fries have been through. Uh, Pastor Sean Madrid also has been here before and spoke about the camp a little bit. And uh, I just want to mention some of our needs yet. We have, thankfully, praise the Lord, all of our male staff covered for this summer but we are still praying about some female staff positions. There is one senior counselor position that we need filled, and then also some uh, kitchen and that kind of thing, uh, secretary, uh, camp secretary. So um, I don't know what the Lord may have for you, young ladies, but uh, if he would lead you our direction, uh, then I would pray, I am praying, that that would start today. And he would make that very clear. I know many of you are already taken uh, with responsibilities this summer. I understand. I'm probably the last recruiter coming through uh, for the year. But uh, I am praying that maybe the Lord would lay it on one of your hearts or a few of you uh, to answer his call for this summer and uh, to serve at Servant's Heart. If you need more information, uh, you can contact me. Uh, find me around campus. I'll be leaving sometime this afternoon or uh, contact the camp, uh, shcm.org, all the information you can find there. All right, 2 Chronicles 25 is where I believe the Lord wants us to be this morning. And this message, this passage, is one the Lord has really used in my life, and I trust that he will challenge you with these truths here. This passage is about King Amaziah. He was a king over the southern kingdom of Judah, and uh, he began to reign at the age of 25 years old, we'll find as we begin to read the passage. He reigned for 29 years, and then he was done. And it's sad how his life ended. And there's some valuable lessons here in the life of Amaziah that you and I need to pay close attention to so that we don't make these same mistakes. Let's begin reading. Verse 1, the Bible says, And Amaziah was 20 and five years old when he began to reign. And he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Now it came to pass, when the kingdom was established to him, that he slew his servants that had killed the king his father. But he slew not their children, but did as it is written in the law of the book of Moses, where the Lord commanded, saying, The father shall not die 
for the children, neither shall the children die for the fathers, but every man shall die for his own sin. I think that's an interesting passage, considering uh, some of the things we hear in the news recently, how reparations need to be made for the sins of the past generations, and, uh, well, we just can look at the Bible and find what God would think about all those things. But uh, very interesting, in the law of Moses there, some instructions, some commands for Amaziah to follow, and he was following them. Continuing on, verse 5, Moreover, Amaziah gathered Judah together and made them captains over thousands and captains over hundreds, according to the houses of their fathers throughout all Judah and Benjamin. And he numbered them from 20 years old and above and found them 300,000 choice men able to go forth to war that could handle spear and shield. He hired also 100,000 mighty men of valor out of Israel for 100 talents of silver. That's an important verse there. You recognize what is happening here. Now verse 7 gets very interesting. But there came a man of God to him, saying, O king, let not the army of Israel go with thee, for the Lord is not with Israel, to wit, with all the children of Ephraim. What's to wit mean? It's another way of saying, uh, that is to say. So it's kind of repeating uh, or further clarifying what was just stated. So the Lord is not with Israel, uh, with all the children of Ephraim. Israel, Ephraim, same thing. Continuing on, verse 8. But if thou wilt go, do it, be strong for the battle. God shall make thee fall before the enemy, for God hath power to help and to cast down. And Amaziah said to the man of God, But what shall we do for the hundred talents which I have given to the army of Israel? And the man of God answered, The Lord is able to give thee much more than this. Then Amaziah separated them, to wit, the army that was come to him out of Ephraim to go home again. Wherefore their anger was greatly kindled against Judah, and they returned home in great anger. Let's pause for prayer. Lord, I want to ask you again that you would work in our hearts in this chapel service. Lord, that you would be glorified. There are many busy lives represented here in front of me. Much going on. Many responsibilities. Many deadlines. Oh God, I pray that you would help us to focus now on your word. Because you want to do a work in each heart with this passage. There's a truth that you want each individual to leave this room with today. And God, that's a, that's a working that I cannot do. And so, God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would convict where needed, that you would shed light on the lives of individuals here, give them understanding of your will, and, Lord, that you would be lifted up today. I thank you for Servant's Heart Camp, and I pray that you would continue to lead us there. And if it be that some would join us from this group, Lord, would you please make those things clear even today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to preach a message entitled, Choosing What is Better Than Your Best. Choosing what is better 
than your best. Many times in our lives, we get our minds set on certain things and we think that has got to be the best way. That has got to be the answer. That has got to be what I'm supposed to do. And there are times when our hearts get too set on those ways. And we want that and we desire it and time goes on and maybe things aren't going exactly how we thought and we still desire it and we're waiting and waiting and we start to get anxious. And it's many times like that that God has to maybe knock us over the head with something, uh, shake our lives up a little bit and help us realize I have something better for you and that is what you need to choose. Choosing what is better than your best. You and I must choose to trust that God's way is truly better than what we often think is the best way for us. And we must choose to follow whatever His will is for our lives. Number one in the passage here today, I want you to notice King Amaziah's dedication. Number one, his dedication. We see how Amaziah, he wanted to please God. He, he was doing a lot of good things for the Lord, but he didn't go all the way for God. Notice the passage here again, it says in verse 2, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. That's great. Anytime we come across that phrase, we say, wow, there's, there's some good truths here to learn about someone doing right. But then it says, but not with a perfect heart. You've seen that phrase before, too. What's that word perfect mean? It means it's, it's something that's whole, something that's complete, uh, all intact. It's all there, undivided. And Amaziah was making a lot of good choices in his life, as you would see here. But he didn't give God his whole heart. And we see how it turned out at the end of the passage, which we probably won't have time to read the whole thing and get to all that. But it didn't turn out well, because he didn't give God his whole heart. His dedication only went so far. Notice what he was doing for God. He, uh, he became king in verses 3 through 5. He was following the law of Moses pretty well. He understood that he should, not, he should be very careful how he deals justice, and it, he shouldn't deal justice out on the children who didn't commit the sin of uh, killing his father, assassinating the king. And, and so he was very careful to follow the law of Moses and obey God in those things. He was making wise choices uh, with strengthening his army and making sure he was taking care of all the details of, of the administration of his lands. And, and uh, so he was, he was numbering the people and, and seeing who he could have as captains over thousands, captains over hundreds. He was making a lot of good choices for God's people. He wanted to serve God. He was doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But there was something about his dedication that only went so far for God. He did not give God his whole heart. And I want to challenge us this morning. Are we willing to have God get our whole hearts? Are we willing to give him everything? God wants your whole heart. And halfway Christianity is unacceptable, and it is sadly very prevalent in our churches. God needs to be our greatest love. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 2, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. All of it. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Joshua 22, verse 5, but take diligent heed. 
says later, to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all of your heart. All your heart and all your soul. With all your soul, it says. Mark 12, verse 30. It says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. 1 Samuel 12, verse 20, Turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Verse 24, Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things He hath done for you. There's the key. That's why He deserves everything. That's why you should give Him your whole heart. Now, I'm not too naive uh, to think that Bible college students who are training for ministry, do not struggle with this. <laughs> I was there seven years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, back in Bible college. I remember what it was like to hear preaching all semester, great preaching, be challenged, and then you go back home and it's like, man, I'm all alone. Uh, the temptations are back and the struggles are here. And young people, no, you're teenagers, you're college, you're, you're college people. I'm used to preaching to teenagers at camp. College students, give God your whole heart this summer. When you go home, it's going to be the same battles. It's going to be temptations. And you need to make up your mind that God has your whole heart and that the world doesn't get any of it. Give God your whole heart. You need to be going home and getting plugged in with ministries. You need to be going home and, and getting getting excited about serving the Lord and letting your excitement be contagious to maybe some of the older folks back home who don't have that young blood in them, but yet they need the, the camaraderie with that young blood. And so get, get back home and get alongside them and serve God with all your heart and don't let the world have any of it. Don't go back to the video games. Don't go back to to a wrong relationship where that music that you pull it out every so often, but not too much. But you know, God's not really pleased with that. And if Jesus was in the car with you, you wouldn't turn that on. Give God your whole heart. So number one, we see his dedication. He only went so far for God. What about you and I? Number two, I want you to see now his hesitation in this passage. He was struggling with something. He was just like you and I. Uh, we, we, we see the allurements of the world, and we have a choice to make, and we have to choose between either God's way or our way, and that's right where Amaziah was. Remember in verse 6, he hired also an hundred thousand mighty men of valor out of Israel for an hundred talents of silver. So this would seem like a wise move, uh, maybe uh, hiring some mercenaries out of, out of Israel. Yes, I'll hire some mercenaries. The Edomites are, are getting stronger in the south, the children of Seir. And so uh, battle is sure to come soon. We need to be ready. I'm getting my forces together, but, but let's go a little further and hire some mighty men of valor to join my forces. And then verse 7 comes. The man of God. A man of God came to him and said, O king, let not the army of Israel go with thee, for the Lord is not with Israel. Oh, 
I thought this was the best way. I thought this would be a good plan, he's thinking, I'm sure. I'll hire these mercenaries, but then a preacher gets up and he starts saying things and stepping on my toes, and I don't like that. He's telling me that this isn't the best way, that maybe God is not in these plans, that, that my will is not conformed with God's will. That's exactly what Amaziah found himself in. He was hesitating. He struggled with this decision. The man of God said, But if thou wilt go, do it, be strong for the battle. God shall make thee fall before the enemy. For God hath power to help and to cast down. And Amaziah is thinking, I wanted to do right which, that which was right in the sight of the Lord. I wanted to do the right thing here. And, and now I'm finding out that if I do this plan that I had, God's going to be against me? Oh, what a, what a difficult decision, I'm sure. And verse 9, And Amaziah said to the man of God, You see his struggle, you see his hesitation. What am I going to do now? But what shall we do for the hundred talents which I have given to the army of Israel? You see, Amaziah had made a great investment here. He had his plan, he had what he thought was best, and he put a whole hundred talents of silver into this thing. I did some investigation, two million dollars maybe in our current currency. Uh, this was a big deal for him. This was a lot of money. A hundred talents of silver. Is it just all going to go to waste, he was wondering. But what shall I do, he said to the man of God. And I love the response. Oh, this is powerful. And the man of God answered, The Lord is able to give thee much more than this. You see, not only does God want our whole hearts, but friends, God wants our complete trust as well. He wants us to just choose to depend upon him with everything. Even our hundred talents of silver. Even that thing that we had set in our minds that this is this has got to be the best. This is a good plan. I'm excited about this. I can't wait for it to come to fruition. And here's my hundred talents of silver. I'm ready to go. Can't wait. And then we find out later. Hmm. Doesn't seem that God's leading that way, though. But I want that. Oh, but, but... The man of God doesn't agree. Uh, what do I do? And it's at that time that we need to remember, God is looking for our complete trust. It's amazing, as I uh, get a little older and still very inexperienced in ministry, but as I grow I'm, and study the Word of God, I realize how faith is what it all comes back to. Dependence upon God for his strength or for victory. Dependence upon God for his provision. Uh, trust in the Lord is what it all seems to come back to all the time. Hebrews eleven six. For without faith it is impossible to please him. So God designed it all to be that way. You have to believe in him. <laughs> without faith it's impossible to please him. He's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. And so, I want to challenge you. Psalm 4, verse 5, put your trust in the Lord. That's what it says right there. Put your trust in the Lord. Psalm 62, verse 8, trust in him at all times. 
Isaiah 26, verse 4, trust ye in the Lord forever. Psalm 118, verse 8, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. You know, when I was younger and I would hear that verse, I would often think, okay, that's when someone uh, doesn't trust in the Lord, but instead they, they depend upon other people. But then I realized I'm man too. I don't have to be depending upon other people to be going against the word of God here. I may just be depending upon my own strength, my own plans, my own wisdom, and how I can figure out the situations. It is better to trust in the Lord. And so God wants your complete trust. You may still have a big question mark over what your summer holds. That's okay. Trust God with it. You may wonder, how am I going to get this bill paid before the end of the semester? God wants your complete trust. You may wonder, who is it that God's going to have me marry someday? God wants your complete trust. Are you willing to wait on him? You are likely tempted to think at times that there is no way that God could possibly give me something better than what I'm currently thinking of right now. I, I thought this would be the way, and so I'm excited about it. And there's times when we are so, uh, so wrapped up in something that we think, there couldn't be anything better. But then God reminds us, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. If God is beginning to show you in your life about a certain area that he has something different, then understand this morning, you need to take God at his word and realize the Lord is able to give thee much more than whatever that thing is. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, Whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Psalm 37, verse 3, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. God takes care of his people. Psalm 32, verse 10, He that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Psalm 125, verse 1, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. Isaiah 57, verse 13, He that trusteth he that putteth his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. Proverbs 28, verse 25. He that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. You say, well, I don't like that verse. <laughs> it means prosperous. Oh, well, now I like that verse. Prosper? I want to prosper in this life. And so then I have to depend upon the strength of Christ in this life. I need to put my trust in the Lord. Proverbs 16, verse 20, Whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. I want happiness in this life. Then I need to depend upon Christ. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. That's where a lot of growth can happen. That's where great things can be accomplished in the will of God, when we are trusting in the Lord. I remember as a teenager, um, let me go back a little bit and, and share that. Uh, as a teenager, uh, 13 years old, 
uh, is when Servant's Heart Camp started. And I was there the first summer, and um, it was neat what God did that year. Well, year number two came around. They decided that God is in this, and we're going to keep moving this ministry forward. God continued to lead Brother Fry. And so I was there as a camper the second year, and uh, the, the preaching was, was wonderful all week. The Lord was working in my heart as a 14-year-old teenager, and I was sensitive to the things of the Lord. I remember I was sitting right where you're sitting right there in the front of uh, the auditorium at the corner, and uh, the preacher got up to preach and gave the title to his message, and just as the Lord had been working in my heart all week, I knew that I would be making a significant life-changing decision that night. And so he's preaching on full surrender, and I remember uh, the Lord working in my heart, and by his grace, I made that choice. God, here's my life. Use me in, in ministry. And it was, it was interesting for me, even that weekend, uh, before the week was out, I knew that the Lord was pointing me in the direction of evangelism. And uh, sometimes the Lord doesn't lead that clearly that soon, uh, but he still wants your trust, and he still wants your surrender. And so as I, as I continue to uh, grow and, and seek the Lord in those things over the next several years, one thing I knew right up front, uh, in, in the ministry, I'm going to need a lot of help, and I'm going to need a really good help meet. And so I began to pray regularly for whoever that would be. And uh, I became very interested in the things of Proverbs 31. And any time a, a preacher got up and started preaching about those topics, I was all ears because I knew this is a key to the rest of my life. This is a big decision to make. And um, also, I was waiting on the Lord uh, intelligently. <laughs> I, was, I was watching the girls that were around me, and I was determining, is that one? given to the Lord? Is that one wanting to serve the Lord? Is that one over there? And, and I, would, I would just patiently wait on the Lord. I didn't do anything other than wait and pray. But in that process, uh, you can probably relate to this. It's not hard to say, you know what, that particular individual seems to stand out from the rest. And I want to uh, seek the Lord in that matter. I want to see what he does. I'm excited. I would love to see something happen. But uh, Lord, I want to be careful. And so uh, you maybe set your sights maybe on one individual and you're watching them a little bit closer. And, um, and you're praying and waiting. And that's where I found myself one or two times over through my high school years. Maybe a certain girl was, uh, was, was one who I would say, that was, that's a person who seems to want to serve the Lord. And I was waiting on the Lord. Waiting, waiting, praying. And some of those Years were very difficult because I knew it wasn't time. I, I, wanted, I knew that was for the future. It was, I shouldn't be doing that now. I need to be focused on the Lord and, and getting ready for ministry. And so I knew it wasn't time, but nonetheless, that's not an easy thing to be living through because you get excited about those things, and, and so you continue to wait. And I remember a verse that got me through my teenage years, Psalm 73, 25. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. I wanted that to be my prayer. And that, that really uh, helped me during my teenage years. But um, I remember that, that, that God helped me realize during those times that if that particular girl who I was interested in and praying about was not the one for me, then God had, one, God had someone far better. 
the Lord is able to give thee much more than this. And boy, that made such a difference in my thinking when I realized God is good. He's taking care of me. He just wants me to depend upon him, to wait on him and be faithful. And so I strive to do that by his grace. And I can stand before you today and tell you, I'm so thankful that I waited on the Lord and he kept his word. He did, no doubt, because I know where some of those other girls are today. And God is faithful. He will give you much more than you realize he can. He, he is so good. The Lord is able to give thee much more than this. And so Amaziah was here struggling. Oh, he was hesitating. He was going back and forth. What do I do? And you may be in a similar situation. I want God's will. I want to do what is right, but my hundred talents of silver. I was so excited about that. I thought that would be good. I thought this would be the way, and I don't want to let go of them. But the Lord is able to give thee much more. And so, number three, notice his resignation. He hesitated on that very difficult decision. Am I going to choose God's way or am I going to choose my way in this matter? And then number three, we see he made the right choice. He resigned himself to the will of God. In verse 10, it says, then Amaziah separated them. He made the choice, I'm choosing God's way. I'm not taking those mercenaries with us. I am separating my armies from them. Now, do you understand how difficult of a decision this was for King Amaziah? When he separated himself from those mercenaries, they would no longer receive all the plunder and the pillage that would come from the, from the battle in the future against the Edomites. And they were mad about that. Well, they were upset. They thought they were being uh, taken advantage of. And so what they did was, verse 13, I believe it is, uh, but the soldiers of the army, which Amaziah sent back, that they should not go with him to battle, fell upon the cities of Judah from Samaria even unto Beth Horon, and smote 3,000 of them and took much spoil. That was not an easy decision for Amaziah to make. He knew there would be repercussions. He knew it would be difficult, but yet he resigned his will to the will of God. And you may be struggling with a very difficult decision in your life right now. You're hesitating. You're saying, I thought this was going to work out. I thought this was going to be the best. And, and now I don't know what to do. And I, I have questions in my head. And the Lord doesn't seem to be leading that way. And I want my hundred talents of silver. Would you be willing to just let God have his way? Whatever it is. That's going to require faith. And so would you give God your complete trust? Would you just take him at his word today? He's not going to fail. He will be faithful, and God is always good. The Lord is able to give thee much more than this. And so God wants our whole hearts. God wants our complete trust. And God also wants our full surrender. Would you give him that for this summer? Whatever it holds, would you give him that? Number four in closing, 
we see that Amaziah never truly gave God his whole heart, and he paid a high price as a result. And I think you will too, if you fail to let God have your whole heart this summer. He paid a high price. His lack of true devotion was clear. We see it when he gave his heart to other gods. He gave it to the world. Look at verse 14. Now it came to pass after that Amaziah was come from the slaughter of the Edomites that he brought the gods of the children of Seir and set them up to be his gods and bowed down himself before them and burned incense unto them. Amaziah, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Those are false gods. Those are idols. Don't worship those. That's what he did. He got the video games back out, got that music back out, started to contact those old friends that, that weren't good influence on him. And he didn't give God his whole heart. Well, he paid a high price. And failure to give God your heart, your whole heart, will cost you something. If, if it doesn't cost you something here on this earth, it will certainly cost you something in heaven. Treasures that God wanted you to have. But because you didn't give him your whole heart, because you didn't completely resign your will to his, because you hung on to your hundred talents of silver instead, it will cost something. We see this in verse 15. It says there how the anger of the Lord was then kindled against Amaziah because of how he brought these false gods back home, the very gods that his armies had defeated. <laughs> Imagine that. And then verse 22, it says later, well, give you some context leading up to that. Basically, Amaziah said, um, you know, I'm, I'm trusting in my own way now, depending upon my own strength. I don't need God anymore. And so he started to uh, antagonize the king of Israel, the northern tribes. And, and the king of Israel basically said, you're crazy. He gave him a riddle. I think it maybe is the one of only two riddles in the Bible or something. Um, but he gave him a riddle and said, you're crazy if you come and skirmish with us. We'll defeat you. We'll squash you like a bug. And uh, so Amaziah didn't hear of it. Verse 20, but Amaziah would not hear, for it came of God that he might deliver them into the hand of their enemies, because they sought after the gods of Edom. They gave their heart to the world. And so Joash, king of Israel, went up, and they saw one another in the face, and he and Amaziah, king of Judah, at Bethshemesh, which belongeth to Judah. And Judah was put to the worst before Israel, and they fled every man to his tent. Continue on in the story, it says, toward the end, now after the time, verse 27, now after the time that Amaziah did turn away from following the Lord, they made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish. But they sent to Lachish after him and slew him there. So the same thing happened to him that happened to his father. Sad. Didn't have to be that way. He failed to give God his whole heart. Students, faculty, if we do not give God our whole hearts, it's going to cost. I hope there's not elimination that happens. But I believe God will if we keep going against his will. I think back on my college days, and during my freshman year and my sophomore year, I feel like I really uh, wasted a lot of opportunity. 
where I could have drawn close to the Lord. I was too excited about being in a new place and uh, meeting new people. And uh, as a result, uh, come junior year, senior year, not really senior year, but um, end of sophomore, junior year, uh, some of my friends who I look up to them today and I'm thankful for them, uh, they were given different ministry responsibilities and, and positions. And I realized when that didn't happen to me, hmm, maybe I've been playing around. Maybe I've been wasting time. Maybe I've not given God my whole heart. And I believe that some of that was true. Don't you do that. Give God your whole heart. Let him have his way in your life. Full surrender is not easy, but it's always right. And I don't believe you regret it. I haven't. And I believe there's a lot of people here who have experienced the same thing. When we give God our whole hearts, it's the best way. So choosing what is better than your best. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, I pray that you would lead as we close this chapel time. I thank you.